Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. Today on the Ether, Cosmos Spaces, Interchain Security, and the Future of the Cosmos Hub. Let's take a listen. All right. Got some people finding their way here. Some more will follow in. Wait, remind me, who's in LA? Is it who's in LA? <laughs> so I'm not in LA, but I'm in California. I'm in, I'm in Northern oh, okay. California. So okay. I just squeezed my way into, into the group. <laughs> yeah, for the for, for the reasons for the listeners, the reasons I'm asking is because we have a little LA Cosmos Telegram group, and I, I can never keep track like who's in the city and who's just in so- Southern California. So okay, good to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm way out. Way out. <laughs> okay. uh, we can always try a Southern California like meetup or something, but that might be hard to organize. Oh man, I'm waiting for it. I, I want. We should rent a boat. <laughs> Michael's the party planner extraordinaire, so he can plan yeah. it all out for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been talking about that. <laughs> awesome. So we got uh, some people in here. I'm sure, there are more that will find their way. Um, but let's go ahead and get started with just uh, a little bit of an intro. Um, so we've got uh, Yelena, right? I said it right, correctly. Yelena. <laughs> Yelena. Damn it. Okay. That's Yelena. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, Jehan. Uh, thank you guys from informal. Uh, thank you guys for uh, coming today. Uh, we're going to talk about interchain security um, on the Cosmos Hub, um, kind of what that is, what the future looks like, um, and kind of go into more details about that. Um, so if you guys just want to first start off with uh, an intro um, about who you guys are, kind of your uh, crypto Cosmos story, um, just to give everybody a little little background information on you guys. All right, I'll I'll start. Um, yeah, thanks thanks for the intro and thanks for putting this together. Um, so I've been in the Cosmos ecosystem uh, through through my work at Informal Systems um, from for about two years now. Actually, probably less. I joined Informal about two years ago, and then you know t- took on some priorities within Cosmos, maybe more of like you know a year ago or so. Um, but really ramped it up when Johan sort of approached me and was like, hey, we're doing this like awesome thing with the Cosmos Hub team called Entry Security, you know, need some, you know, kind of, you know, go to market, marketing effort, uh, support and, you know, kind of, um, you know, work to be done. So I, I joined, I joined, I joined that, um, I guess, a few months ago. But before Cosmos, before Informal Systems, where I joined, uh, where I work a lot on the product marketing, uh, go to market efforts, uh, I was uh, actually at a project called Definity, um, one of the early employees there on the community side. Um, this, it was a project that was pre-launch, so very different than Cosmos, totally different beast, you know, did not have, you know, such an active ecosystem at that point, like, like we do now in, in Cosmos. And then it was also at Celo um, after Definity for, for just a little bit. So yeah, been full-time in the crypto space for about five years or so. And then before that, um, was actually working in um, advocacy, government relations in Canada. So I have a political economic background. As well, and I'm also the co-founder of a lobbying group uh, in Canada called the Web Three. 
uh, Canada Council. So yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. Um, yeah, I can go. Um, I've I've been working on um, crypto related stuff for a pretty long time since like 2013. Um, when I was into into Dogecoin in the early days, um, and um, I, I got into Cosmos. Um, I, I know um, some of the people who started Cosmos, so I kind of knew about it. But um, in 2018, I was doing a startup called Althea, which is still around, um, which is uh, incentivized uh, mesh networking protocol. So basically, it lets um, people set up radio hardware on their on their houses, um, and it all connects together um, in a decentralized manner, and um, they get internet internet access through it. So you pay for you pay for the bandwidth. Um, and so we were building a, a Cosmos chain for that. Um, that's how I got more into, uh, you know, actually using it. Um, and, um, I, uh, in, in 2020, I, 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 I got a little bit more into Cosmos core development by working on the, um, gravity bridge. Um, and, um, I, uh, and I joined informal a, a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit less than a year ago. Um. And so informal, I, I first learned a lot about formal verification, um, or at least as much as you can learn in just a couple months. But um, I, I, I tried it some out and, and used it. And um, then I um, started working on interchain security and building out a Cosmos Hub uh, new feature team at Informal. Um, that's what Yelena's has joined me on. Nice. You guys are uh, veterans, you could say, in the, the, in the space. It's, uh, it's nice to see. Um, so let's just go ahead and get right into it then. Um, uh, what is interchain security? Like, what is this concept of renting out security from the hub, consumer chains? What 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 is this? Let's explain it for everybody. Yeah. So the way I like to explain it, um, to kind of make it easy to understand, is is that it, interchain security allows um, it allows um, one validator set to. Um, to basically validate multiple chains. Um, and so that is, and so it, it, those chains are then, you know, renting security from, from the hub basically. So they're using the validator set. And um, part of that is that if the validators do anything wrong on those chains, um, they uh, they get slashed. So uh, if, they, if they any consensus falls, so if they double sign or if they have downtime, um, they'll get slashed just as if they had double signed or had downtime on the hub itself. Um, but that being said, the, the, uh, cons uh, consumer chain is the, is the term for a chain that is, you know, um, renting security or being sort of, you know, co-validated with the hub, I guess you could think of it as, um, at the same time, those consumer chains, they're still completely separate chains. Um, so they have their own block space, um, and they run in parallel to the cosmos hub. So, um, the big limit with blockchains is, you know, block space. If you have too many things that want to get into the chain, um, fees go up uh, as, as transactions are fighting to get in. And there's um, really a pretty hard ceiling to how much um, you can scale any given one chain because all of the transactions have to be in a single sequence. It's like one single line. Um, so with interchain security, it allows the same validator set that people trust. Um, it has a lot of stake uh, at stake to make sure it keeps working correctly. You have the same validator set able to, um, to validate um, you know, multiple different chains simultaneously. Um, and that's, that's what allows, um, that allows for a lot of scaling. Um, yeah, if I can um, jump in there. So, you know, um, 
you know, obviously the scale scalability element, you know, of this is like pr pretty important. And, and you know, I, I guess like for some of, some of the other veterans in, in in the room, you know, the shared security kind of concept is obviously something that you know many layer ones, um, you know, consider and try to adapt according to their, you know, needs or according to you know kind of the community that they're serving or let's say the ethos. And so um, something that I you know I'm 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 you know kind of excited to talk about, especially talking with projects that are considering um, leveraging this feature is it's also, um, you know, just an immediate sort of way to access, you know, to, to have sort of exposure to, you know, an incredible kind of network or community of, of you know, token holders, but of course, also the, the, the professional validators themselves that are already invested in the network, you know, through years of commitment to, you know, validation. And so it's, it's, it's kind of incredible because we're also sort of starting to retell you know, parts of like the Cosmos sort of like white paper, like 1.0, you know, in, to some degree as well. You know, the fact that, you know, it's, it's this a community of validators that have been around since, you know, the very beginning that are, you know, incredibly professional, um, cut their teeth on, you know, proof of stake, you know, really had their, you know, um, start, so to speak, you know, you know, val you know, for, for a lot of these professional validators, you know, with Cosmos and then have, you know, gone on to do incredible things in, in other networks. And so, you know, as a pro as a project, as this perspective consumer chain, you're sort of, you know, immediately, you know, sort of, um, you know, in front of this group, and and it's through the governance process, through through the, you know, token economic model that you you know decide to support. You know, there's um, you know, ways to tell your story that's like quite instant and quite immediate, and you know, presents a lot of exciting opportunities for the project themselves. Oh, and on that, one more thing I'd say really quickly is is that um, another way I think of it is that if you're if you're trying to build a project um, in crypto, you have basically two options. Um, one is that you deploy a smart contract somewhere. Um, and the other one is that you start your own blockchain. Um, and so Cosmos, of course, has been a, has a, been a great way for people to, to start their own blockchains, but it doesn't really serve people who want to deploy their own contract. Oh, it doesn't Juno, I guess, but, um, and, and other, other, stuff, other ones like that, um, like, like Juno, like Terra, it used to be. But um, so anyway, the thing is with deploying a contract is that first of all, your contract has a fight with other contracts for transaction space. So on Ethereum, if there's a big NFT drop or something like that, um, oftentimes uh, the fees will spike and completely unrelated um, contracts, their users are going to be affected by that. Um, and then the other thing is, um, is also that you're not getting any kind of like upside from the layer one itself. Um, I mean, maybe there are projects out there now that are working on that, but but generally the gas fees are going to the validators of the, of the layer one. And so the project doesn't see the gas fees. Um, so with interchain security, it's kind of a cool um, middle ground between deploying a contract and um, and um, uh, building your own blockchain um, because you don't have to find a validator set uh, or one already exists. And it can be as easy as just writing a smart contract with Cosmosm to deploy a full chain with interchain security. Um, and then also the... Um, Chains uh, with interchain security, they they, they have a um, like a, a DAO associated with them. Um, like many many contracts do on Ethereum, for instance, have have DAOs associated with them too. But with interchain security, it's kind of built in, and that DAO actually gets seventy five percent of the um, of the gas fees that are um, paid uh, by users to to use it. Um, so it it's 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 a workflow that can be as easy as a smart contract, but still has many of the same. Um, uh, upsides as, as building your own blockchain. I really like how you explain it as like a middle ground because, you know, like a, just deploying a smart contract, there's a lot of limitations to what you can do. And like you said, there's limited upside. 
but also on the flip side, you know, spinning up your your own chain takes a lot of coordination, getting the validator set, you know, getting a lot of economic value built up. Um, so this middle ground really like, you know, lowers the barrier of entry for projects to come into the space and not just be a simple smart contract. They pretty much have all of the benefits of a sovereign um, blockchain themselves. Um, so do you kind of see a rush of projects like trying to take advantage of this since the barrier to entry will be so much lower? Um, and whatever, like the first projects you guys think will take advantage of this? Because I know you guys, there's a, the proposal that, um, you know, Yelena has up there talking about the multi-sig funding some projects that will be leveraging this. So I'm kind of curious to to hear what you guys think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I can, I can speak to that. So, you know, in the um, immediate term, um, a, you know, a, one project that's already, uh, you know, been talking about leveraging the feature is Quicksilver, since they'll be taking advantage of this liquid, uh, liquid staking module um, that's, you know, going to be coupled with the, 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 the release of, of this um, version of Interchain Security. And so Quicksilver is obviously an exciting Cosmos project that's, you know, been in the ecosystem for, you know, some quite some time, um, you know, the founder, founding team, and so on. So they're very well positioned, you know, as a, you know, um, Cosmos project um, to take advantage of, of, of this feature, and especially the, the liquid staking um, element of this. And so that's one project. But um, going beyond that and speaking a little bit to the governance proposal, um, you know, there's also efforts to increasingly, you know, share this information with uh, with uh, pro projects, maybe not with any within Cosmos or maybe that aren't, you know, super well versed on, 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 on the Cosmos architecture or the Cosmos staff or really uh, what we've been, you know, kind of up to here for the last many years. And so this uh, governance proposal that I put together, which is still in draft form, so I encourage, um, you know, you know, folks to, you know, comment, give feedback, um, you know, nothing has been put on chain, nothing is um, official, but really it's speaking to this increasing sort of uh, activity and, um, you know, uh, that we're seeing um, with these, with Cause and Wasm projects. And obviously it's somewhat, you know, responding to the, you know, community that's come out of, you know, ter the Terra collapse, to be honest, but really it goes beyond that because to, to Jahan's point, a core sort of, um, you know, design consideration or development focus is also um, considering these, you know, smart contracting applications that, you know, um, can finally take advantage, you know, of what's happening in Cosmos and, and really port over some, some, some of this logic into Cosmos, but launching in a way that is um, considering, you know, this, this interchange security feature. And so, uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to see what will come out of that. We've had a few discussions with different projects, um, you know, that are that are interested in this feature, but really want to consider the governance element of it as well, because it will be, um, you know, a governance gated process to start. There will be, you know, um, overhead, you know, for the validators themselves, making sure that they're well equipped to, um, you know, support these, you know, new projects and, and things like this. So um you know more to come but this you know governance proposal is definitely the first sort of not well not the first but a public sort of way to to sort of transparently gather feedback interest and, and so on into the future it's, it's somewhat of a you know pre-campaign campaign if you will since you know we're still a couple you know a few months out from from launch uh, itself the announcement to the announcement <laughs> um so well, like so speaking of like validators what does interchain security look like on the validator side so does every validator have to be ready at any given moment to support um producing blocks for new chains will it be kind of like a seamless integration like once the proposal passes 
the SDK can already support this? Um, or is there more work that needs to be done? Yeah, it's it, it depends. Um, but at first, it will be that validators will need to manually start every chain. And so it is governance gated. So um, at first, when consumer chains are launched, um, it will be uh, after a governance vote. Um, so validators, of course, um, at least all the hub validators um, generally validate on a bunch of other chains anyway. So it's not um, spinning up a new chain for them is, is, is not difficult. Um, but uh, it does it does require manual effort going forward um once uh you know once a few once the first few have been um you know first first few consumer chains have been launched and proven out um we will be um we'll be working on on methods to, to basically make it easier um so that they can be launched faster and faster and then at some point um consumer chains could be launched permissionlessly um and um Particularly, uh, we have a, a formulation called a contract chain, where it's just a chain that runs a single Cosmosm contract that's very well suited to be, be launched permissionlessly. Um, but there will be a little bit more um, kind of validator infrastructure work um, that we'll be doing after the, after the feature launches to um, make that work smoothly. Um, there's, there's already a thing called Cosmos Visor, um, which is just used for the hub by itself. Um, and that uh, automatically upgrades the hub. Not all validators use it, but but I expect we might um, we might end up building on that to uh, enable you know fast permissionless consumer chain launches. But there's still some stuff that needs to be figured out. For instance, consumer chains would need to you know they need to earn their keeps. They need to be generating. They need to have enough activity to to kind of be worth running. So we'll probably extend the protocol um, you know after after launch to to start looking at like how do you um, how do you enable that that you know chain to start permissionlessly and then be kept alive as long as it's being used, basically? Awesome. Yeah. So as expected in the beginning, you know, of course, there's going to be a lot more, you know, sensitive, you know, upgrades and tweaks that validators need to be, you know, aware of and have their hands on. But yeah, it sounds like you guys will be building out a lot more things that just make it, you know, a seamless process. Um, so that kind of is like my next question is the the steps and the versions of interchain security. I know there's like a version one where it's like, you know, complete consumer chain that relies solely on the hub. And then eventually there's like a version three or whatever, where you can have your own validator set as well as leverage um, the hub's validator set. Can you kind of explain that like roadmap and that process for us? Um, yeah, so 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 as this term, these might not be the best, best names, um, V1, V2, V3, because it's, it's sort of nondescript, but I would say, um, V1, I would call validator set replication. That's where it's the entire validator set. Um, V2 would be validator opt-in. V3 would be, um, would be, I guess, you know, multi, multi-validator sets. So um, V1 is what we're working on now. Everything we've discussed in this, in this uh, podcast so far has been, um, has been related to V1 and all development work so far has gone into V1. Um, and that's, that's where the full hub validator set will be validating many other chains um v2 is an, is an idea that you could have validators uh like opt-in um so basically um you could have some validators say oh i don't want to run this consumer chain or that consumer chain um and then v3 is um v3 is basically where a consumer chain could have um multiple like validators that are coming from multiple different sets um validating on it to 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 provide more like um more interoperability i guess um so right now all the work that's ongoing is on validator set replication that is v v1 um 
And a lot of the V2 and V3 ideas, I think, still need, um, they, they still need a lot of work from a conceptual um, point of view. So um, it's, it's a little bit in the weeds, I guess. But with V2, there's a very difficult, uh, there's a very difficult problem that just because the entire validator set is, is good um, or is, is, you know, you're trusting it, I guess, um, it doesn't mean that any subset of that validator set is, um, is trustable. So you could have, if you allow validators to opt in whenever they want, you could have a situation where the only validators that opt in to a given consumer chain are actually malicious. Um, they haven't had the opportunity to exercise that maliciousness on the hub because there's all the other validators there, but when they're on their own chain, maybe they do something malicious. And so that's actually a very difficult problem to figure out. Um, so yeah, so so right now the stuff we've been talking about is just about V1. Okay, so uh, when any the first few consumer chains that launch, every single validator will be producing blocks for their chain, and every validator will uh, be getting rewards from that chain. But then V two is kind of like you said, the evolution where it's kind of pick and choose where you, the validator feels like their their time is best served, and they don't have to opt into every single chain. But there's more security issues that you have to solve first, which is a really good point. I wouldn't even have thought of that. That's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, we didn't really think of it for a while as well. So, um, um, yeah, so the other thing I'm talking about, the permissionless, uh, what, just earlier as I was talking about the permissionless um, consumer chains, um, that also is 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 with V1. Um, so making those permissionless with V1 is just about making the process of launching them smooth enough that you can kind of obligate all validators to launch one without it being, you know, an undue burden. Um, so, yeah. Um, I should mention, we are working uh, with a team also um, just for launch, just to have the opportunity for, um, so th so this, uh, it's a Cosmosm chain that will be governance gated, uh, to, you know, set to launch as a consumer chain, but it will be, um, you know, a chain where uh, you can launch uh, these applications permissionlessly. So, you know, somewhat of a developer environment, testing environment for projects it's, uh, as well. So, you know, you know, to Jahan's point, although this permissionless like deployment is, you know, you know, kind of past. Um, We'll be launching like past like you know uh august september for when interchange security launches there will be you know in the meantime um this opportunity for projects to also experiment and and, and launch if there's anybody out there in the crowd that wants to come up and ask some questions about interchange security um on the cosmos hub um any specifics or any random questions please feel free to request the mic um, or you can send us a dm um and just uh, we'll ask the question for you um, but I think I kind of have like an interesting thought. So do you think that you, we will see chains kind of go backwards that are layer one chains now, and then they'll start to share security with the hub. And then eventually one day they'll say, Hey, we just think that renting security from the hub is entirely is the best way to go. That's a, that's a good question. Um, I mean, a, a lot of the, um, I think you, I think it may happen in some cases. Um, I mean, for example, well, for Quicksilver, they actually will be, will be uh, a very early version of it will be it's an independent chain with an independent validator set. Um, I think if you look at the benefit the interchain security brings, um, you know, there's two main ones. One, of course, is the, the convenience um, of making it like deploying on an existing platform, basically. Um, and then the other one is the security. And they kind of go together in a way. Um, it's convenient because it's secure, but also you might, I could see teams maybe um, who do want the, who do want the security to, um, to launch, uh, to, yeah, to, to launch consumer chains. Um, so that could be for stuff where it's very like, well, the good example, of course, is 
Quicksilver um, and and like Lido as well. Um, these staking derivative platforms, um, given that they're dealing with the, the stake of the of, of the hub, it's it's like a very high security kind of thing, um, and it needs to be um, you know it needs to be um, like very secure. Um, and so it makes sense to have it on a consumer chain versus on its own chain. Um, so I could see other you know other products. Uh, I don't know. You know, let's say. Let's say, you know, the Ethereum, there's another one called Rocket Pool, another staking derivative. Um, so let's say Rocket Pool wanted to get into the Cosmos space. I could see them opting to do it with consumer chain instead of um, with an independent chain, even though they already have something. Um, so I do. It is true, though. The thing is, if you have an independent chain already, um, generally, the way that things have evolved in the space is that validators um, also are early investors in, in many of these projects. And so... Um, it can be a little bit tough to kind of, you know, like throw them under the bus. Um, and, and you've already done all the work putting together the validator set. So it's like there, there's no convenience um, to be had because you already have the independent chain. So, yeah. Yeah, on the on the trust um, side of things, actually, I was talking to um, Marius and Informal this morning, and he, he made an interesting point, which like seems kind of so obvious, but, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't even really think about it until, until today, which was, um, you know, like with IBC bridging. So, I mean, obviously, interchain security, I guess, to back it up is, you know, be, being built, being built, um, you know, with IBC um, in mind. And so, you know, with, um, you know, kind of current IBC bridging designs, you're trusting, um, you know, the, 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 the consensus or I guess like the validator set on the recipient chain. But with interchain security, you're only trusting one set of validators. So it's like great, greatly sort of de-risking the path to launch. And so ultimately, like, you know, there's this kind of greater story to be told on like the validator set itself and, and you know, who they are and the sort of security guarantees and, and, and all of these things. But, you know, even even just the trust sort of minimization kind of perspective is kind of interesting to consider as well. And so, you know, we're, we're really thinking about this from like a de-risking perspective, like what are all the things um, that, you know, this feature will bring to projects to sort of de-risk um, the, the, the launch process and, and, and all of these things. So, you know, um, something I want to throw throw it as well we had a uh, Natego and callum and manny come up so let's uh we'll go in order and uh you guys can ask your questions yeah hi uh, hi thanks for having me and uh, thanks to the interchain security team and like us on hydrobox i have a question though i'd like to know on the selection side of things what token is being slashed? For example, a new chain comes ABC and um, it's been validated by the Cosmos Hub. If there's a slashing to be done, will it be token ABC or Atom that's being slashed or both? It will be, it will be Atom. So okay. um, it will be the Cosmos Hub validators and ABC chain may have its own token. Um, yeah. So that could be like a, a token, if it's a contract chain, like a token for the DAO. Um, uh, that gets the gas fees uh, and can upgrade the contracts, or uh, you know, it could be even more custom than that. With what that token does uh, could be used for fees um, on ABC chain. But the token that's providing the security and that will be slashed is the um, is the atom. Um, so the validators are part of the validator set of both the hub and ABC chain because of their stake in atom that they have on hub. I my understanding was that. Uh... A new project, rather than starting out its own chain, could opt in for the security, which means to have everything, any other Cosmos 
blockchain has, but instead of having its own validators, it will be using the Cosmos Firebase's validator set. Am I correct so far? Yes. Okay, so this new chain, would they not be producing blocks and producing tokens? Um, oh, you mean inflationary rewards on that chain? Uh, just emission generally. Uh, yeah, you could call it inflation, but would they be doing that like other chains do? Like Akash and Juno and uh, Osmosis produce new tokens? Like yeah, they, it, new blocks. It, it can. It can. It depends. It doesn't have to, though. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and if it does produce inflationary rewards in its own token, um, and that token would also be used for fees on that chain too. Um, if it does produce those rewards, um, they they still won't be at stake um, for oh, okay. uh, misbehavior of the validators. It will just be the the atom tokens because uh, it will be validated by hub validators. Yeah. Now, my last question: um, if if they do produce blocks, are they compelled to go with the same block times of um, atom? Or are they are they compelled to have the same yeah block times that's what it's called no oh. no they, they okay. it can be different yeah it can, it can be okay. different um and it can be customized um I, like I was like I was saying earlier I, I haven't really dived fully into it in this in this interview but I've um there's there's um you know there's there's the option of a, a contract chain where you kind of leave all the blockchain stuff kind of preset and you just you know, uh, write your contract. In that case, it would be the same block time because you just wouldn't be changing it. But if you opt to fully customize the consumer chain, um, then it could be, uh, you know, much faster. Probably not much faster block times, honestly, because it's pretty fast already, but you have much slower block times if you wanted to or or, or whatever. Um, it doesn't, yeah, the protocol is very, uh, very light touch as far as, um, you know, the requirements that the blockchain needs to fulfill or, or any certain ways it needs to be. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Nitego. Let's go to uh, Callum. What's up, buddy? Oh, hey, yeah. How's everyone doing? Hope everyone's doing great. Uh, just wondered. Uh, I may have missed this if this may have been spoken about already. But is there, say, a some sort of project launches as leveraging interchain security? Is there an exit route, or is there an ability to sort of stop leveraging this if they then ended up wanting to spin up sort of their own layer one chain, sort of similar? to sort of how you could use a smart contracting platform to sort of find your product market fit and then spin up an app chain? Or is this just sort of outside the scope of interchain security and it's not sort of its intended use case? No, that's definitely something we're thinking about. It's the intended use case. Um, and um, it is it is very easy um, because uh, you already have a, even if, you know, even if you're doing the contract chain and just writing it as a Cosmosm contract, you already have, you know, a chain binary that's getting produced as part of that. Um, and so, so you, you, you have your own chain already basically. And so, um, at any time projects will be able to, uh, basically, you know, um, it, we call it instant sovereignty. They'll be able to eject out of, you know, the being consumer chain pretty much and, um, be an independent chain. And so all that's required for that is that the, um, they find their own validator set. Get those guys running the um, get those guys running the, uh, the the binary that they already have because they've been running as a consumer chain, um, and then um, they can uh, the, then the, the 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 hub validators will stop running the um, will stop running the the consumer chain version. Um, they'll probably have to be gated by by governance proposals to make that happen. Um, but that's definitely something that we want to, and as like a hub community, want to make easy for 
for projects um, to to become sovereign if they want to. And we think that's a selling point. So yeah. Yeah, would you encourage it or is it just sort of the option is there if sort of say a project goes well and they think that we, they could benefit from launching or is or is it sort of you hope that you could have multiple sort of that you I mean, that you wouldn't just be left dry? We yeah, we do encourage Oh sorry, go ahead. I, I missed the last part you said. Oh no, dry, I was just saying like yeah, basically saying you don't want to be left um, dry. Well, with anyway, no... I... Well, okay. So, so basically we, we encourage it because we think it's a selling point over other platforms, other smart contract platforms that make it hard to get out. Um, and kind of make, try to make it difficult, um, to, to, to do your own thing. Um, and it's always been part of the cosmos kind of philosophy is the, is the sovereignty. So we do encourage it. Um, obviously we wouldn't want a scenario where every single consumer chain, um, becomes a sovereign chain. Um, but we just don't like see that happening. Um, we think it's good if people know the options there and they can take it if they need it. And we think that, um, enough people want to stay as consumer chains, um, that we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're comfortable sort of, uh, encouraging people to, to do that if they need to. Yeah. I think it also just like depends on like, um, the use case, like of that, like the, pro like what the project is sort of like offering like to the community. Right. So if it's something that's more tightly coupled with you know, the hubs, um, kind of like long-term roadmap and, you know, it, you know, that project would benefit, you know, kind of having this direct, um, sort of engagement, um, with the Adam token community, then, you know, obviously maybe that exit to sovereignty sort of argument isn't as, um, compelling, but if, you know, if, if, you know, so I think it really depends. And, and again, like to, to Jahan's point, like we are considering like the alternative sort of ways that, pro you know, smart especially smart contract applications launch and sort of like the platform risk that they're, you know, beholden to and, you know, making that um, less of a thing is like a focus. So, yeah. Yeah. And I imagine there are definitely use cases where they wouldn't end up spinning out. I can picture a few, but yeah, thanks. Actually, that was actually the perfect answer. <laughs> thanks for the good questions, Colin. And we have uh, Manny. How's it going, Manny? I hope I said your name. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You you call it uh, correct. I mean, my name is Mani. Uh, it's it's just pronunciation of M M O N U I itself. Yeah, yeah. And good to be here. And like, I mean, uh, I was talking. I was looking at this interchange security from almost like uh, this discussion is happening even in this uh, the gateway conference. Also, there's a small talk about interchange security. I didn't focus it on that much. But right now, the informal systems have shared a, a video where small, small thing. I mean, that's an amazing idea. So the, the one big problem I see with the Cosmos, I mean, Cosmos as of now is, see, Cosmos, I mean, uh, if we look at it, Cosmos is generally, it's like a community asset. So there is no inflow of money in a way, except the small amount of gas fee everybody pays. So now, like, I mean, uh, Cosmos has a chain putting up these consumer chains and those consumer chains are sharing some part of revenue and, uh, and split itself. That gives the business value to the Atom token and also because 
it has the business value the value atom token will have will enhance the security of the entire cosmos ecosystem so yeah this interchange security is a beautiful idea and it's it's awesome idea the only concern i specifically have in the general is like right now for example i am a big fan of akt akash network so which is a decentralized cloud marketplace so which is also using cosmos sdk and has its own token and ibc enabled token now like i mean now if you if you are going going forward and uh, funding more consumer chains i mean generally what are the criterias we look at things like i mean uh, how how consumer chains will be built in general like i mean what are the criterias generally we generally look at uh, to make sure that uh, the projects are mostly in a way that at least basic successful because because there is a high rate of failure in the sense i mean let's not talk about uh, this bull market i mean everything looks good in bull market but in general the long term sustainable very high quality consumer chains i mean what are the checks and balances which we can think uh, to implement and to make it more sustainable um yeah well i you know acceptance of like we were talking about in the beginning their acceptance of uh, or launch of consumer chains um will be gated by governance at first so um i think it will be it'll be i don't even know like it'll be very interesting to see how the discussion evolves there and and what what atom holders are are thinking about and what they want to see when they approve a consumer chain um but in general i will say that the overhead especially once we can get to the the automatic deploys um the overhead of running consumer chain for the validators is not going to be that great um and um so it won't necessarily be that pressing a question like if you have a consumer chain that maybe doesn't have that much usage that won't really be a problem because it will still be profitable to to run for the cosmos hub um so so i think that um i think that in general um you know consumer chains don't need to be ultra successful to be a consumer chain uh, just like every contract in ethereum isn't you know like there's there's contracts that i deployed on ethereum years ago that uh you know were like broken test contracts you know what i'm saying like it won't be that easy necessarily but it will be like i think that running having consumer chain running will not be that big of a of a deal so i think there'll be a, a you know a lot of consumer chains running and they don't all necessarily need to be blockbusters yeah absolutely i mean given the consumer chains just served a small purpose that itself will make it a successful uh, that that's a, that's a very good point like uh, i just want to know i just want to know whether we can make more of a deals kind of thing with the consumer chains that uh, because there, there is a huge sell pressure on atom say every year so every year there is a sell pressure on atom so that uh, to compensate to the atom holders so like i mean as a part of deal like i mean uh, some supply of their thing should be given as a airdrop to the atom stakers or holders in general because i mean uh, like the entire cosmos ethos is like uh, the new projects which is launching to to have the decentralized holding everybody is doing the airdrop even if the cosmos given them some funds or not so like i mean the funds which we are we are giving to this consumer chains maybe those consumer chains also can reward us back in the for, for the atom stakers what do you guys say on that oh yeah yeah so okay so so i'll say, say i'll just say two things about that i'll like yell and speak as well but um the the proposal for funding consumer chains that that Yellen is working on that's that's separate from the technical aspects of of interchain security um so uh that that's a that's a good point that that she could speak to more um but i will also say that um 
consumer chains by default um, will be uh, sending 25% of their of the fees that are earned on that chain. Um, or if it has its own token, the inflationary rewards as well, uh, 25% will be sent to the um, to the Atom, uh, Atom delegators. So um, like I was saying before, if you have a contract consumer chain, this is the simple, easy one. We just write a contract. Then by default, the fee token is Atom. Um, and so 25% uh, of the Atoms that are paid in gas in that consumer chain are going to be going to the hub delegators. Um, so that will be, um, that will be more, more income. And then um, for custom consumer chains where they have uh, a custom fee token or custom inflationary token, 25% um, of, of that token will be going to the, um, to, to the Atom delegators as well. Um, so for that, since that's a different token than the Atom you'll actually be seeing, like on Kepler or whatever, you'll be seeing um, uh, different, when you're staking rewards, you'll, you'll have these, uh, these different tokens showing up basically. Um, so we'll be, the, 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 uh, the Atom holders get, get something out of it for sure. And then Yelena can speak about the actual funding proposal, which is separate from the technical aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so the so the funding proposal that we put together um, that's in draft form, and, and again, I, I do encourage like folks to check it out, comment, um, give feedback. Um, but that is really just helping um, projects that do want to uh, launch as a consumer chain, so they would still be subject to the governance process once the future is live. But the ones that you know have signaled that they intend to, you know, um, so, you know, uh, leverage the feature they would get some funding just for development um, and headcount over the next, um, you know, um, you know, few months leading leading up to launch. And so it would it would simply be a way to sort of, you know, incentive align, you know, those projects. And, I'm, and by the way, I'm, I'm speaking about non sort of cosmos, like like core projects, like ones that are like more like newcomers to the ecosystem, like ones that, you know, um, you know, you know, would really benefit, um, you know, a lot from, um, you know, uh, kind of marking themselves to, to the Adam community because because maybe they're like well less well known or something. So that's really just um, a way to kind of help them bring you know go to market like quicker. And so you know the token economics and and how you know um, you know fees are paid out to delegators and to validators and things like this that would all happen um, you know uh, after the, the the project obviously well not after but during the, the governance process when the project is actually um, you know you know. Um, Going to the validators and saying, "Hey, we're we're gonna leverage this feature." So there's so, so there's a bit of a timeline. That's kind of like why I said like earlier, you know, it's kind of like the campaign before the campaign because um, there's like still uh, like a lot of like you know work to be done to um, you know bring more projects you know into the ecosystem. And so this is just a way to do that. Um, specifically, these you know um, smart you know smart contract applications that could leverage Cosmosm to 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 launch um, as, as a consumer chain. So yeah. Different, different, different um, process. But thank you for asking that question because it, it, it helps to clarify for the rest of the, the people in, in the room as well. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that makes a very good value proposition. Like, I mean, twenty-five percent of the fees and inflationary rewards and everything. Yeah, that that's a very well appreciated and well documented in a way. Like that, that's just like a the, there is this airdrop hunt within this Cosmos community. They feel very good about it. That's why I asked that question. And the one more. I mean, do you guys remember this recent proposal which got rejected? I mean, uh, the actual Cosmos founder also literally campaigned against it. So, which is to to upgrade the Cosmos chain uh, to have the Cosmosm uh, smart contracts, uh, limited smart contracts. So, like I mean, uh, I am I am I am 
I'm not, I don't want to say that uh, whether whether this is a right or wrong. I mean, I am pretty mixed on this specifically because, like, I mean, uh, now, like, I mean, now this interchange security has a very clear thing that uh, any kind of new activity or cosmos chain, I mean, uh, that goes as a new chain. So that that the fundamentally echo of the cosmos, so it can go on a new chain and which is connected with the IBC. That would be a better model than building things on the cosmos itself. So, like compared to that proposal, I think interchange security proposal is a clear upgrade to that one, right? Um, there, there are pluses and minuses. Um, so you're, pro- you're referring to proposal sixty nine, I believe, which would have brought Cosm permission Cosmos to the hub. Um, and so um, the uh, the benefits of using interchange security are, are you know, if there's some kind of issue with Cosmos on a consumer chain, it won't affect the hub at all. Um, so that's a clear benefit. And that's why I think that's really the reason why it got voted down. Because people wanted that, um, that's the safety. Um, but some of the downsides are that it is still a separate chain. Um, and while IBC is very, very good, it's still not completely as seamless as having the uh, Cosmos running on the, on the exact same chain. Um, so um, interchange security does does replace it can replace that that feature of having cosmos directly but it's also not necessarily um not necessarily quite as easy um so there is right now um i believe work ongoing to make a consumer chain a permission consumer chain um which will basically just be um a, you know permission cosmos consumer chain that will basically just be that venue for permission cosmos on the hub but will be a separate chain um using interchange security um, but you know, it is, it is, it is also a little bit of a, a delay, you know, because the prop 69, it could have gone live. Um, it could, it could have gone live immediately. Um, but now we have to wait for interchange security to come out for, um, you know, to, to be able to, to, to do the cosmos stuff that people want to do on the hub. Maybe now's a good time to go into what the difference is between cosmos on the hub, a contract chain, and then a fully customized consumer chain. Uh, because there's there's little differences in there, and maybe people don't even know the difference between Cosmos on the hub and interchange security, like having a sovereign zone with uh, Cosmos. Yeah, it, it, yeah, definitely. It's it's a little bit, um, you know, we, it's very flexible. You know, so interchange security is a very flexible tool. So it's kind of like um, we, um, you know, but that also can can make it a little bit subtle and maybe hard to understand. So. Um, the uh yeah so cosmos on the on the hub that would just be like literal cosmos is a smart contracting um a platform uh, or language um and so you can it allows you to deploy contracts um and the contract can interact and they can also um call functions in the core cosmos sdk um so juno for instance has has a chain running cosmos and that's that's the whole thing there um so the cosmos on the hub it was supposed to be permissioned so basically you would have to a governance vote would have to pass to deploy a contract, but it would still be running kind of on the same chain as the hub, which means that uh, all the transactions would be in a single sequence with all the other transactions on the hub, and it would also be able to call, uh, you know, other modules on the hub or other contracts, um, uh, you know, contracts within that within that uh, Cosmos and VM would be able to call each other very very easily. Um, so interchange security, the, the most basic form of interchange security is what we call a custom consumer chain. And that's just where you have a chain which its validator set is synced to the Cosmos hub. 
and it's sending 25% of its uh, of its fees and rewards to the Cosmos Hub for um, to compensate the validators there for validating it. So that's the custom consumer chain. Um, and then the contract consumer chain is um, is what we're you know trying to put together as something that's a little bit easier, maybe easier to use of a of, of a product on top of the custom consumer chain. So that's basically um, saying, hey, you can just write a Cosmos contract um, and just deploy that on its like a whole chain of its own. Um, but it's just like all your logic needs to be kept within the contract. Um, and there are certain presets around like you have to use the atom as a fee token, but that makes it those those constraints make it so that everything is, you know, it's like the sensible defaults idea. Like everything is very, you don't have to configure too much besides your own business logic and you can launch it quickly because you don't have to think about it, like the other stuff. So that's the that's the contract consumer chain. Um and yeah. So the custom consumer chain is just just more if you want to step outside of those bounds. Um, and due to the fact that uh, with a contract consumer chain, it will be so well-defined We in, in the future, um, we wanted to move it towards permissionless deploy, but that will never be possible with the custom consumer chain because since you're customizing the complete code of the blockchain, it will still have to be reviewed by the validators to make sure it's safe to run. Um, that, does that, that clear things up? Um, I want to mention at the risk of confusing people more, one last thing. Um, we will probably, or or not not we, but I, I think they're working on this at at at, at Interchain um, uh, to to launch basically a Cosmosm chain, which is a permission chain, um, but it's not a con it's not contract consumer chains in that each chain is like a one contract per chain kind of thing. It's like it will be a shared uh, a shared permissioned Cosmosm chain, um, and so that that will launch probably hopefully sooner rather than later after Interchain Security. So that we can get Lido and those other projects that wanted to use the permission Cosmos Hub, um, but that's a little different than the contract consumer chain concept, where the contract consumer chain is more about having your contract have a, a chain complete of its own. That was a really good explanation. I know for me, like I've kind I kind of knew the differences, understood it. That was really well, really well spoken. So I know that that helped a lot of people out there. Um, Clay, uh, what's going on? Oh, well, Manny, go. What's up? Yeah, so like uh, as you as you rightly said, like I mean, you you made a very good explanation. Especially if we deploy the Cosmosm contracts on the main chain, like uh, even the Cosmosm that's not a completely permissionless, which is not discussed. But like uh, uh, if if we want to keep a limited number of uh, permissions, limited number of contracts which are running on it, but the validators or delegators who are who are voting on the Cosmosm, uh, the, the contracts which is going to be launched on the Cosmos, I mean, they don't have any knowledge on the Cosmosm language. I'm not saying everyone, uh, not everyone, some people will have knowledge. But in general, the validators or even the, even the ordinary delegators, they will have the less knowledge of what's happening there. So that uh, there is a good chance that there might be some exploits and there might be some, I mean, I'm just saying like uh, these are the basic risks we have to take. But I think that will muddy the waters for the cosmos and give give some kind of bad name in the sense. Like, I mean, at least if it's a permissionless network, at least we can say everything is permissionless. So if a permission network got broken, uh, I think it will muddy the water very seriously. I think that the, the, this is the only reason uh, I had my, uh, 
objections to the proposal 69 in a way no, not that i completely oppose it but like yeah the 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 proposal 69 whatever the cosmos is uh, doing to upgrade things i think interchange security is doing the same things better just by also making this uh, fundamental yetho of maintaining so many chains to solve the like uh, the scalability problem fundamentally in a different uh, in different direction than the traditional ethereum solana and everybody these people are doing specifically uh, is that a, a question or no the, the, there there is no we, question we just it's an appreciation and oh, comment okay. that's got it. it got it thank you yeah we had a crypto tech who's been up here i know you had a question you dm me i'm glad you came up to, to ask how you doing yeah i got a kid next to me i step out of the room for a second i'll take a very short period of time i have a just a quick idea you know i'm coming at this from an investor side i got a lot of friends in my finance department we're not you know hedge fund people but we got steady income that's coming into the cosmos ecosystem every paycheck basically we accumulate a ton of atom. I have to convince these people to get their coins off Coinbase. I'm looking for, you know, what time period are we going to be looking at where a permissionless contract is set up in Atom Hub to say in blocks of 100 or 200 atom at a time, we could have a, you know, you get the 16% inflation get down to maybe 12 or 13, and the difference in the fee goes back to the hub to validators. So basically, my atom instead of just getting atom rewards every day, every week, whatever it is, I could pick five or 10 coins in the ecosystem I want to get behind. And uh, that's basically my question. Um, I'll, 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 I'll address this. I mean, let, you know, just to the earlier point, um, also, by the way, like, I, I love the uh, enthusiasm and the commitment to, you know, atom accumulation and just, you know, being really thoughtful and deliberate. Um, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, I, so to, to Jahan's point, you know, the, the, the fact that fees will be shared um, between um, you know, delegators and the consumer chain there, you know, there will be that constant exposure to the native um, tokens of, uh, uh, or to the native tokens of, of the consumer chains themselves. And so, you know, again, it's really through like voting and through um, that, you know, validator governance and things like this, where, you know, those sort of like models, you know, could be negotiated or could be like, you know, you know, quite transparent and, and, and also con continuous. Um, in terms of like how those fees are um, paid out to to delegators, so you know, I I think like that's is, is that sort of what you're kind of asking, like how like atom holders are exposed to these tokens, or is it something like more more specific? Uh, my question relates to basically you know relating to my friends in the in my department. We're lazy investors; they just want to move it over and have the option through a user experience, just to be able to say you know instead of getting zero on Coinbase or five percent. We get 16, 18% on Kepler, and we could say instead of getting 16% atom, we get 13% atom, and then allocate that atom to a variety of tokens. And the difference in the fee can go back to the atom community pool or the validators involved with this, say, permissionless contract. I'm saying permissionless because I think it would be a governance proposal and say in blocks of 100, you could do ABC instead of like putting two atoms. Like, we're not talking about two atom investors here. We're talking about people with, you know, a hundred, a thousand, whatever. Well, it's um, you know, it's it's good. Interchange security will be good for for, for lazy people, um, because the like if if these if these consumer chains, their customer consumer chains, and they have their own token. Um, that's going to be coming in automatically for delegating your atoms. So that's that won't require any any action really. Um, once the proposal's passed. Um, even if you weren't involved with the voting or whatever, of course, you're still going to be getting uh, those rewards from those chains. And if they have their own tokens 
and they're using their own fee token instead of Atom, um, then you'll be getting those tokens as well in your in your Kepler rewards. Does that answer the question at all? Or yeah, yeah, of course. That's just phase one. I think uh, what I'm just saying is probably down the road. You know, just picture this is another way to monetize Atom to me. You know, you give the difference in fee. Sixteen percent is a lot. A lot of people aren't in Kepler. They're in these centralized exchanges. They don't even. They think two, three, four percent is golden. This is like crazy to me. I'm just starting in Kepler maybe four or five months ago, and I'm slowly converting everyone. You know, out of Coinbase. You have to realize in New York, you get nothing for your Atom. Like I don't think that's brought up enough on these calls. And people have their coins stuck in Coinbase, and you know they're protecting Wall Street in New York. So, you know, I moved out of New York to Connecticut, and all of a sudden, all my options have opened up. So uh, that premise isn't really uh, leveraged enough, I think. Yeah, no, you're, you're you're totally right. I mean, and you know, we 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 have tried, you know, uh, as core kind of contributors, you know, in the ecosystem to like do education, like get your to- you know get your atoms off the exchanges, you won't be eligible for airdrops, so on and so forth. So honestly, like solidify, like kind of um, strengthening the ecosystem and strengthening that, inf- like you know that um, understanding through this feature launch, I think is also pretty critical. I, I made a comment earlier how, you know, this process of communicating interchain security, you know, shipping the feature, like, you know, kind of getting the communities, you know, understanding what it is, is almost like a re-education effort around like what is Cosmos to begin with, you know? Um, and so I think like that's a really key element of it. Like uh, what, you know, how, um, you know, airdrops happen, how, you know, atom holders like get exposure to other projects. Cause, you know, speaking of the operational overhead, like right now it, you know, claiming those rewards, you know, having to rely on like a one um, time snapshot, um, you know, for airdrops, um, you know, f- uh, with projects that, you know, ha- are currently or have in the past, you know, um, allocated a portion of their of their tokens um, through launches um, to Atom holders, you know, that's just, you know, one time thing, right? And there, it's a one time snapshot. And we, we have challenges with that, you know, airdrops in general, because of that. And so anyways, this continuous process of getting, you know, token holder sort of exposure and kind of like, again, more incentive aligned, um, you know, that's continuous, that's on chain, you know, that's pre- somewhat predictable, you know, you know, through these inflationary rewards and so on, um, I think is really key. So yeah, thanks for your question. Thank you. Going to bring up Crypto Tank. I think he's got a question. If there's anybody out there as well in the crowd, don't forget, you can request the mic, come up on stage. We're nice. These people are smart. So feel free to request. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh... Crypto tank here. I just I have a really forgive me if it's a repeat question or it's just already been uh, addressed or whatnot. I'm trying to juggle multiple different things while listening right now. Um, when we're talking about uh, interchange security or shared security, did you say that every uh, validator is going to be exposed to the consumer or to getting those benefits, or is it going to be a select like top fifty, top twenty first? No, that's a great oh. That's a great clarifying question. So it's the entire hub validator set, so 175 validators and their delegators would would um, benefit like from these like fee sharing mechanisms. Oh, awesome. So, so. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was trying to listen with my son's jiu-jitsu and I was like, I don't think I heard that or not. So, okay. I'm sorry if that was a, uh, a question I was already answered. So. No, no, no. It's a great clarifying question. I don't think anyone asked it. So aside from Lido and liquid staking, do you guys have any projects that are really interested in taking advantage of this uh as soon as it's available or at least that you can share yeah um well so you know as soon as it's available you know um mention quicksilver um lido's gearing up to support it um we have this project that doesn't have a name yet but they're building this permission cosmosm chain that where 
uh, sorry, it's Cosmo Western Chain that will also be governance gated um, for, for launch, but they'll have an ability for um, projects to launch their applications permissionlessly. So again, somewhat of like a developing test, testing, testing framework. Um, more information on that um, down the line. That's kind of recent, recent news. But um, in terms of after feature launch, um, Polymer has has indicated they're they're they'll be supporting interchain security. So they're, uh, you know, they're due to have their mainnet after, um, you know, interchain security launches. Um, so again, like not really for for future launch, but um, they're keen on it. Um, Commonwealth has also talked about supporting interchain security. They're a really well known, you know, Cosmos, um, you know, project has been existing for a while. So, um, you know, um, quite 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 a lot of interest. <laughs> Commonwealth on chain. That would be amazing. I feel like that's it's meant to be. I yeah, I'm like in love with that project. I'm like a governance geek. So, you know, I just you know, DeFi is cool. I love us, you know, I love, you know, DeFi uh so much as well. But honestly, like my heart's with more of the governance use cases. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Awesome. Is there anybody out there that has any uh last questions? Yelena, Jehan, is there anything you guys want to uh share with us before uh we wrap this up? Any last words? Yeah, I mean, um, I think like for my end, like, thank you so much for having us. And I, I'm keen to do, you know, more, more, more of these. Um, you know, it's a really exciting, you know, development for, for Cosmos. It's, you know, the first time that, you know, we'll see the Cosmos Hub itself become this, you know, application, you know, deployment environment, which uh, I think really just changes a, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of things. So, you know, um, if you have questions, are interested in building with the feature, you know, whatever it might be, just please reach out. We're, we're I'm, I'm around. So thanks. Yes. Please give them a follow. Uh, like you want to make sure you're staying up to date with interchain security and everything going on. Um, and especially the uh, proposal that may be coming up to, uh, do some funding for some projects that want to take advantage of this. So, um, Clay, I know you just came up here. If there's anything you want to say, feel free to chime in. What's up everybody. I, I know you probably covered it, but, uh, I missed it. Um, could you say one more time what the timeline is for interchain security? Um, we're trying to get the feature done by uh, August first, um, and then get into the next um, the next uh, hub upgrade after that. Right on. I appreciate it, man. I know these upgrades take a lot of work, and I appreciate all the work you're doing to bring value to the hub. Yes, this is so exciting. It's like the uh, the whole vision is finally coming complete, and it's time to create like a new vision of how we're going to continue to move this forward, almost because. Everything's uh, finally coming to head to fruition. So, like you said, keep up the good work. We appreciate you guys. Um, every, anybody out there that wants to take advantage of interchange security, make sure to reach out. It's going to be amazing. Um, and yes, we need to keep doing spaces like this and keep everybody updated on what's going on, especially um, with interchange security. It's going to be moving fast and there's just so much to it. So, we'd love that. Um, all right, guys. Appreciate your time. Appreciate everybody coming. And uh, we'll uh, see you guys again soon on another space. Everybody have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Cosmos Spaces, Interchain Security, and the Future of the Cosmos Hub. Recorded on Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. If you want to keep listening, head on over to Terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. 
They say rapping is the gateway, bringing home great pay, checking that replay, sing along and we say nobody gives a fuck around my way, I make about three bucks for every thousand plays, so add it up and do the math on that, financially speaking, why the fuck would anybody wanna rap, but in this reality the money comes from doing shows, but then where's the money go when you can't do the shows, I guess you could rap on cameo, I've been asking all my friends if I can rap on the patio, six feet motherfucker step the fuck back, doing a little magic, pulling rabbits out the rucksack Not everybody's always in it for the money Looking like another crooked Sunday And I'm working Monday So you know I ain't stressing Left debating great methods Amazed to play Inception The bass stay blessed See, even with these huge sums of overall royalties These sums of money that go to the record label Per playback Can seem insultingly small Many rights holders are making around Three quarters of a cent Each time someone listens to one of their tracks Leaving only some portion of that For the actual artist Pennies, pennies per play. Until they can figure out how to turn a profit, their future will always be in question. But for now, investors see enough potential to continue to fund them. Pennies, 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 pennies. Another day, another lesson. Living in the eighth dimension might be worth a little mention. Living in the Great Depression, got a real regal feel. Reeling in another sucker fish, out to make a deal just to make a motherfucker wish. Ah shit, now you only got two left. You know what I wish? We didn't have any loose ends. You know what I miss? Listening to excuses. Now we're on the fence like we forgot how to choose that's what happens when people don't know what's true in the dark eating bullshit up like a mushroom in the lunchroom just trying to laugh it off meanwhile foaming at the mouth like a rabbit dog like a fake mate and called at the zoo it's looking like the viewers getting disappointed too i'm working on the new shit trying to produce it. it's what i'm willing to go through when i'm making my music Imagine a world in which an old dying man's last dying wish is fulfilled. Alexa, can you play that one sci-fi space where he clowned all the Safe Moon and XRP bag holders and then told everyone to buy Luna because it was going to a thousand? I'm, I'm confused why we're not talking about the fact that you can easily like. 300x your money on XRP. Like, you know, I son, I remember a time. Alexa, enough. I'm trying to reminisce now. I remember a time before Terra Spaces existed when things that were said on random Twitter spaces would just get lost to the proverbial black hole of time. Time. That's the best bet. Uh, why isn't Luna in wind turbines? Hey, guys, though? I'm reading all about these wind guys, turbines. Guys, do you mind if I explain Cardano a little bit? Because I've been in Cardano since like 2018, and I can't give you a full breakdown. Um, Just when you thought it was safe to shill shit coins. Oh my god, you guys. I don't know what to do. So much blood. It's so red. From the creators of your exit liquidity in association with we all love to hear ourselves talk, Inc. For more information, go to terraspaces.org slash donate.